Hi, and welcome back to College Basketball Realm. I'm Andrew. And I'm Blake. And today we're going to recap uh, some uh, big games in the last week. Uh, we had uh, uh, Villanova winning the Big East once again. I believe that's three years in a row. Um, this is uh, this all happened because Marquette dropped three straight games. They lost to Georgetown, Villanova, Seton Hall. Not a good look for Marquette. You know they were on they were on top of the Big East for majority of the year since Villanova was struggling. But then at the end they just fell apart. Uh, they were uh, I've seen that them at the highest as a, as a two seed, and now um, I could see them being as low as a four or five just because of these three big losses in the Big East. But congratulations to Villanova on once again. Um, winning the Big East regular season championship. We also had Florida State and um, Virginia Tech. Uh, Florida State was able to come away with the win on their senior night, and they got the highly coveted four seed in the ACC tournament. Um, That's very big. Uh, It's a double bye. It's going to be good for seeding, especially if they do well in the ACC tournament. So that's really good for Florida State. Virginia Tech also having a really great year um, on their own. So let's uh we're gonna go into the big games of today. We have um, Duke and UNC. Duke's ranked uh, number four in the nation. UNC number three. Couldn't get any better than that. Uh, Duke's gonna travel the ten miles it, it takes to get to um, uh, the Dean Dome, and the script has basically flipped for the rematch. UNC is home. Duke is traveling here. Blake, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, well, yeah, you are right. It's totally flipped. Uh, the Tar Heels now are riding a wave entering Saturday night's ACC regular season finale. Uh, it has been confirmed that there is no Zion once again today. This will be his fifth game missing. Um, uh, UNC has won six straight and is tied atop the ACC with Virginia, while Duke has dropped two of its last five games, including an 88-72 and loss to the Tar Heels. And they just narrowly averted a disaster loss against Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest had a chance to win it at the buzzer with a layup that just rimmed out. Um, but now some of the attention has shifted to three UNC seniors who have been part of special moments and will be playing in the Smith Center for the last time. Starters Cameron Johnson, Luke Mann, Kenny Williams will be honored as part of the senior night. This marks uh, the first week all, all season in which UNC has moved ahead of Duke in the AP Top 25. Yeah, the, the Tar Heels, um, you know, they finally reached the, the 25 win mark uh, for the 12th time in, uh, in Royal M16 seasons. They've won uh, 15 ACC regular season games for the first time. They're also undefeated on the road in the ACC for the first time ever. Um, it's really, really impressive for UNC. Blake, what is uh, Duke's uh, three keys to win this game? You know, I think they have to keep up with uh, UNC their pace. UNC is a very fast-paced team. they got to slow them down on offense and not fall behind because once they fall behind, it's really hard to catch back up with UNC. Uh, my second key is lock up Luke May and Cameron Johnson. In the first meeting, Luke May had 30 points and Cameron Johnson had 26. But once you lock those two up, you also have to lock up uh, Kobe White because he's such a highly coveted offensive scorer that they have to stop. They have so many threats on UNC that they just it's going to be hard to stop them, but that's a big key for them to do if they want to win this game. And then they have to figure out how to play effectively without Zion, which is we've talked about this in multiple podcasts. It looks like sometimes they have figured it out, but sometimes it looks like they just keep falling behind with them. So they really have to figure out how to uh, their other players to step up like Barrett to get uh, this big win against UNC. Andrew, what do you think the keys are for UNC to win this? Yeah, UNC is three keys to win this game. Number one, Luke May and Cam Johnson are going to have to have big nights. You know, it's their senior night. This is the last game they play. 
they're going to have to go out, show up, drop 30, 25 points apiece. Uh, you know, with Zion out, Luke May is going to be able to do that on Duke's defense. So this is really big for them and see if, you know, their jump shots will start falling, if they could get some easy shots to have some big games. Uh, the second one is they need to stop R.J. Barrett from going to his left when he drives to the rim. Uh, R.J. Barrett's a, a very effective scorer in the paint, especially. But when he, when he goes to his left, he's almost unguardable, and he'll make every shot he goes in the paint. So if UNC is able to stop him from going to his left and make him go to his right, uh, that'll make R.J. uncomfortable when he's in the paint and ultimately stop him as a whole. Uh, number three, uh, UNC needs to play at its normal speed. It's a fast tempo. Uh, they're going to run on transition. They're going to be the first ones down there on the court. They need to outrun Duke like they did in the first game in order to come away with this win. Uh, this is a crucial game for Bracketology, uh, as whoever wins this game is most definitely a number one seed uh, come March Madness time. Who do you have winning this game, Blake? You know, I think UNC is going to win this game just because of uh, Zion being out and uh, how fast the UNC can run it and how many threats they have on offense. Uh, Duke's going to come out. It's going to be a very good game, very close game. Uh, they're going to try to slow down the offense um, in the first half. Maybe Duke has a lead going into it. But I think that uh, UNC is just going to tire Duke out in the second half. UNC is going to pull away with this one. How about you, Andrew? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I see UNC coming with this win. I know earlier in one of, my, in one of the first podcasts we had, I, I said Duke would win both games. But obviously we had Duke struggle with injuries throughout the uh, throughout the season. Uh, and now Tar Heels are just at the best they've ever been offensively and defensively. So this definitely, I definitely think uh, UNC will come away with a strong victory like they did last time, especially at home uh, against Duke. Uh, next, we're going to go up with the game right after it. We have number seven Michigan at number nine Michigan State. This is a crucial game for both teams. They're tied. They're both tied for um, first after the after Purdue fell to Minnesota. Uh, the winner of this will at least get a share of the conference regular season championship uh, and the number one seed in next week's conference tournament. Uh, if, if Purdue loses earlier uh, to Northwestern, the winner of this uh, Michigan-Michigan State team is the outright champion. Last matchup, Michigan State was able to pull off the 77-70 win. Cassius Winston starred with uh, 27 points on 40 minutes played, and Xavier Simpson had a nice 19 points for Michigan. Uh, Michigan State is able to win this game by locking up Michigan and forcing them, forcing them uh, f from three, forcing them to shoot 27% and seven of 26. Uh, Blake, this is a game based off of injuries because um, uh, there's a lot of people affected. Who's affected by this game? Uh, definitely Michigan has uh, been very effective. They've been without guard Charles Matthews the last two games, and Valian said the junior will go through warm-ups on Saturday before a decision is made. Uh, Michigan State already, without Joshua Langford for the season, is hoping to get back junior center Nick Ward, who has missed four games with a broken hand. They're also counting on the return of junior wing Kyle uh, Ahrens, who has sat out Tuesday's win over Nebraska with a back injury. With injuries being a major factor, here's the three keys for Michigan to get revenge. Uh, make uh, Cassius, Cassius White get into foul trouble. If you get him into foul trouble, that really just uh, messes up Michigan State's total uh, defense and offense. Um, you can't let Michigan Michigan's run phase you uh, if Mich because you know Michigan's going to go on a run and um, – you also have to play at your tempo and try to stay off, uh, stay with Michigan's pace if you do fall off. What do you think uh, Michigan State's keys are to win? Oh, Michigan's, my fault. Uh, yeah, Michigan, uh, Michigan's keys to winning this game, they need to 
um, get Cassius Winston the foul trouble. You know, he played 40 minutes last time they, they went against each other. Uh, Braz Dacus needs to have one of those big games or this year. You know, he, he, we've seen that he's been clutched in, in games uh, earlier this season, especially big ones against opponents. He didn't really do that well. Uh, he wasn't really that effective against Michigan uh, State last time they played, but he needs to be uh, really good in this next one to win that game. Um uh, another one they need to do, they need to take um, advantage of Michigan State's loss. I mean, this could go both ways for Michigan and Michigan State, but I think Michigan, since uh, Michigan State's missing some of their big big guys like Nick Ward, Joshua Langford, I think they need to take advantage of those losses. And um, Michigan also needs to uh, shut out the crowd and be able to play at a high level the entire game throughout and not let the crowd get to them. Who do you have winning this game? Uh, I'm gonna go with Michigan. Actually, Michigan actually coming out and winning this game. I know Michigan State beat Michigan at Michigan, but this uh, this time around, I think um, Michigan will get the win against Michigan State, just because I think um, they uh, Michigan State has a lot of people that are um, not playing this game, and uh, Michigan's played really well of of late. And uh, Brazdeke, I feel like Brazdeke is gonna have a, a high scoring game. I think Michigan State's going to win this game just because of their home crowd. They're going to have that little advantage. It's going to be a very close game. Um, if they do fight through all the injuries that they're facing right now, which I think they will, it's going to be a close one coming down to the wire, but I think Michigan State's going to sneak out with this one. Now we're going to move over to the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. Uh, number one seed Belmont is taking on number two seed Murray State today at 7 p.m. for the championship. Uh, Murray State just sneaking past Jacksonville State in the semifinals with some late game heroics by who else but John Morant. Uh, props to Jacksonville State though on a great season. They finished twenty three and eight. Even if they have, even after they had some of their summer workouts in an elementary school and started the season with no locker rooms, no offices, and no arena because the tornado blew through their place last spring. Uh, you know, Murray State is all about the John Morant show. You've oh, Everybody's seen his highlights. He's on track to become the first D1 player to average 20 points and 10 assists. Right now he's sitting at 24 points per game and 10.3 assist points, uh, 10 to 3, 10.3 assists per game. Um, but he's, you know he's going to have to be huge in this game to try to get the upset over Belmont. Uh, Belmont is very threatening, though, on offense. They, uh, they're second ranked in points per game behind Gonzaga uh, at 88.3 points uh, per game. They also have true uh, 12 true road victories. No team in the country owns more. And uh, their coach, uh, one of the most underrated coaches in the game, Rick Bird, he's on the short list of 800-plus uh, victory coaches. He, he's sitting at 803. And they also have a, a sneak player that nobody really talks about that is very good, uh, Dylan Windler. He's... He was uh, the league preseason player of the year. He averaged a double-double this whole year, and he led the conference in both rebounding and three-pointers made. You don't see that a lot in players uh, uh, just because of how different they are. Um, they, But everybody's been talking about John Morant, that he hasn't even gotten mentioned for player of the year in the Ohio Valley Conference. But he, he's an amazing player. And this this game is really for all the marbles because uh, the other team, the losing team, has not gotten into the uh, the tournament in 32 years. So this is really for all the marbles. Who do you have winning this game, Andrew? Um, I'm going to have to go with um, all the hype. I'm going to go with Murray State coming away with this one just because, I mean, 
everyone would love to see a Jem Rant in the tournament to see if, you know, he could have a Cinderella run of his own. He's been so amazing this year. He's he's uh, he's climbed the, the mock drafts, you know, his draft stock's gone through the roof. He's been so impressive this year. He could do everything you want him to do. He's athletic. He can shoot. He's good at defense. Um John Morant definitely for Murray State. Uh, they, I, I think they could uh, pull up this, uh, get get this win against a, a really good Belmont team. But yeah, definitely Murray State is going to come away with this win today. Blake, what about you? You know, I think everybody in the in the nation wants to see Murray State pull off this upset just to see Ja Morant in the tournament. But I don't think they can be able to do it. I think Belmont's team is just too good. Their offense is just too stellar to um, to stop. Um, so I think Belmont is going to win this game. It's going to be a close game just because John Morant. I do. I personally want to see Murray State pull this upset off, but I think Belmont is just too good, and they're going to get into the tournament with the automatic bid. Um, so now we're going to go over to my bracket, Blake's Bracket Busters. We're going to do a little update on them. We're going to start with UCF. Um, when I talked about last time, they were an 11 seed, uh, projected 11 seed in the bracketology. They have now climbed to a projected 8 seed, which I personally think they should be higher than that because in, uh, in March, they have knocked off number 8 Houston and number 20 Cincinnati. They are also now nationally ranked coming in to 25, uh, as I said in the previous podcast, they had the potential to make a splash in March, and they have definitely done that. Um, when they beat Houston at Houston, they ended a 33-game home winning streak. Um, so that was huge. They've been playing great basketball at the right time. Um, going into the American uh, tournament, they could really uh, make a splash in that also, trying to win that tournament. Um, their, uh, their big players, Taco Fall, B.J. Taylor, and Colin Smith have all stepped up, and um, they and every game they look more and more dangerous Andrew how do you think UCF is going to fare in the tournament yeah I agree with you they they should definitely be ranked higher they're definitely a a very skilled team um they they've risen up at the especially this is the right time to be on this on this hot streak that they have you know wins to get against Houston Houston's not an easy team to beat um and Cincinnati as well uh I say you cannot count out these guys you know they have a seven six taco fall. So at, come tournament time, I think they could they could stack up with the with the best of them. You know if they're an eight seed in bracketology, if uh, whoever that one seed is that they go up against, uh, I don't think they're safe whatsoever. I think this team will definitely um, pressure that whoever that one seed might be uh, into making a really close game and even maybe pulling off the upset. So uh, I don't see all four. Um, all four one seeds going into the Sweet 16 just because UCF, uh, if they stay as an eight seed, might be able to pull off um, a big upset like that. Uh, your next bracket buster you had was Syracuse. How are they doing so far? Uh, they're they're a little slipping right now, but it's because they've had such a hard schedule in the past few um, few weeks. They're still sitting at a nine seed in bracketology. Um, the uh, they've played against. A trip to UNC marked their third straight game against a ranked opponent and a second in a row versus the team in the top five. Um, they've alternated wins and losses since the start of February. Uh, uh, in the UNC game, they started off great. They jumped to a nine-point lead in the first half, uh, led by Elijah Hughes. He had all 15 of his points in the first half, but they just couldn't keep up with UNC in the second half. Uh, they took over with a 15-3 run to start it, and then uh, they come – after that UNC game, they beat Wake Forest, which is a good win. Um, 
especially how well Wake Forest played against Duke. Uh, but after beating Wake Forest, they uh, got blown out by Virginia. So I can still see them as a bracket buster, but they really need to get uh, a lot more consistency down. They have to play their stellar defense that they're known for, their stellar zone defense. Um, and then their offense has has to become much, much more consistent. They're either scoring a lot like they did against uh, UNC in the first half, or they're scoring next to nothing like they did against UNC in the second half. So what do you think uh, Syracuse could do here in the tournament? Could they make a splash still, or do you see them as just done? Uh, I just want to – I think um, uh, Ty's battle for Syracuse has been excellent all year, and Jim Boheim's done a great job. Recently they found out that he will not be charged with um, any offenses whatsoever uh, with you know his recent incident that he had, which is good for him. But Syracuse, I'm starting to fall off on them a little bit just because, like, these, if they're an uh, eight or nine seed in tournament time, they're gonna have to face a one seed, and they just got destroyed by two possible one seeds, UNC and Virginia. So, uh, I don't really see them making too much of a splash. But I still think, you know, if Tyus Battle gets hot, uh, they know they'll have a chance. But let's move on uh, to the final uh, ending topic. It's a controversial topic. We have LSU's head coach um, being suspended for the year. Uh, over some, um, he was uh, recruiting uh, illegally, and the NCAA was uh, cracked onto that. Will Wade uh, is now done for the year. Um, the FBI wiretaped um, his uh, his calls, and and they saw there was that image going around of him having lunch with um, his parents. Uh, I don't remember which player it was, but you know that's not a good look for LSU especially right by the tournament, they're going to be lost without him. So there could be a uh, upset in whatever round they face if they even get it there. You know, they could be possibly kicked out, not allowed to be, not allowed to play in March Madness. So that, that's not good for LSU whatsoever. Blake, what are your thoughts on, on Will Wade's suspension? Yeah, you just can't do that. Um, they, it was just very easy for the FBI to find out, especially because he was talking to uh, Christian Dawkins, who is known to be a um, middleman between the rec- uh, a recruitment, uh, illegal recruitment processes, which he's also spending time in prison now because of how he was found out. And um, it's really, it really is going to hurt LSU going into um, March. It's just, it's, it's not a good look. It's, it's just going to put everybody's hopes down on them. And um, I do see them. I still see them as a great team, but I don't think they're going to – they might make it to the Sweet 16, but nothing past that, I think. But uh, they, you still have to watch out for LSU. So that it's just it's just a big blow to them that they really didn't need at this time. Yeah, it, it's it's real saddening now that we're finding out. I mean, it's, it's important, but we're finding out about all these coaches, you know, illegally recruiting. It's just not the way things should be done. I mean, I, I agree that, that players should be just paid in general to, to play um, college basketball, and um, there's a law right now in, in North Carolina that might be able to pass that congressional law uh, that will make uh, players in college, you know, could get paid for their name. So that would be really good. But, yeah, you know, this just isn't the way it should be done. We, uh, if coaches want to do that, they should wait till it's a legal thing to do, a legal thing to just offer players money. But that's that's disappointing that Will Will Wade would do that to his team. That's been so great this year, you know, coming off great wins against Tennessee and Kentucky. That's unfortunate for you know Nasri, Tremont Waters on LSU. How they're gonna have to go through March Madness with? I mean, they have a good um, interim head coach, but 
uh, without without their their head coach there, it's it's going to be hard for them to do anything whatsoever. So paying players is such a big controversial topic that um, that we want to talk about more in depth on, which we will go more in depth uh, later and more in late in later podcasts. And we want to know what you think about it. So you can message us on Instagram or Twitter at College Realm, uh, Andrew. Uh, yeah, we, we today we're going to be uh, live tweeting uh, once again, just for these big games, UNC and Duke and Michigan State and Michigan. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Be sure to um, check out our tweets. And on Instagram, I'll be posting uh, the halftime scores and the final scores and the thoughts on, on each one of these games. So thank you guys for listening. This has been College Basketball Realm. I'm Andrew. And I'm Blake. And we'll see you next time.